0: make sure that we're being responsible keeping the guns. One of the things we teach in the license to carry course is the state mandates we teach safe storage. So we go over, hey this is how you need to store. A lot of times people think about okay well maybe I don't have kids. Okay maybe you have grandchildren that may come over occasionally but if they come over and you're not there your guns are out. Those are all things that you have to think of. Also your kids may be squared away with gun safety, knowledge, everything, they're very responsible. What about your kid's friend that comes over? Mm-hmm. Now it's that curiosity. So we have an obligation to protect not only our children, we got to make sure that these guns are being stored a, where they're still accessible to us, but secure away from other people to balance them.
1: Our mission, and we choose to accept it, is zero injuries and zero environmental impact. A healthy workforce and environment is key to our nation's continued success. The Mission Zero podcast is a deep dive with the industry's top experts into the health, safety and environmental aspects of today's workplace. Our mission is to be a platform for new ideas and strategies that when implemented will improve our safety, our environment and how we govern our business. We are making the world safer and we're going to have fun doing it.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Mission Zero podcast. i blessed to be on the road today with Blackout Training Group owner Darius Williams. Welcome, Darius. Thank you, Darius. Well, thank you for coming on. I saw your uh, <clears throat> some of the things you guys were doing online, and uh, you know, you were serviced uh, some of my friends, and you know, did a lot of training with them. And I was very impressed with what you were doing. And generally speaking, uh, the Mission Zero podcast is about health, safety, and environmental issues. It's about corporate, uh, industrial, and oil and gas safety and things like that. But my fir- my full intention in doing this podcast was to find people like you to find uh, other Safety problems and people solving them. So, if you don't mind, um, start by giving me a little bit of your, you know, your personal history and what led you to where you are right now.
0: All right, well, I'm Darius Williams. Uh, I've been a police officer in the Dallas-Fort area since 2009. Uh, I'm currently assigned to the Training Personnel Division at the agency that I work with, and I'm on SWAT. Uh, so
2: you were SWAT team. Yes. Sir. Very cool.
0: Go ahead. So, being at the agency, I teach officers to fight and shoot and apply the law. So I kept getting asked from my friends, like, hey, do you know anybody that teaches firearms or do you know anybody that teaches a license to carry class? And after I kept getting hit up and referring them out to other people, I was like, man, why don't I? I do it for police officers? Why don't I just go ahead and open it up to the public? So that was the biggest thing. I went ahead and went to the license to carry instructor course, got that certification. Of course, I was able to teach everything else as far as lessons go.
2: All right. And uh, how long were you a police officer? Are you uh, still on? Or is- yes, sir. Okay. Oh, okay. So you're doing... Oh, yeah. Full time. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: that's
2: that's many, quite a few hours. So uh, very good. And you were SWAT for how long?
0: I'm still on SWAT. I got on initially in 2014. Got off for a little bit. It was like child care issues. We had a kid. Okay. And so once I got the blessing from the old lady, I got back on.
2: That's right. You are uh, owner of the uh, Blackout Training Group with your wife, Victoria. Yes, sir. Uh, She's with us today, but she's shy so she wanted to uh, hang out of the uh, podcast but that's all right so what brought you to doing this organization was you, uh, you saw a void you saw a void where people needed training and and didn't get it was that personal out there in the field where you may have seen accidents and did that ever affect you and and lead to you you know building this organization we have
0: seen them but my main thing was I just wanted people to be trained properly mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of instructors out there that you can turn on YouTube and people are looking up gun safety and all mm. kind of stuff. And there's a lot of people out there not saying I'll never tell you that my way is the way I will mm. always tell you that is a way of training. Uh, but there's a lot of things that you hear and it's just like, oh, man, people think it's the gospel just because it's on YouTube Boy. It has a lot of, uh, backing with a lot of views. I guess they think that is what solidifies that training, but it was just a lot of incorrect information that's being put out there. Uh, I feel like we have valuable training content that we're able to offer for real-world scenarios.
2: What do you do uh, that would you would say separates Blackout from, you know? I don't even know if there are organizations that are doing what you're doing, but I'm sure there's somebody doing at least a piece of what you're doing. What, what, do you, what are you doing that's separating yourself
0: from that, those types of groups? I think the biggest thing is continuing ed- education. Mm-hmm. Uh, TCO requires that we do continuing education at least 40 hours per training cycle. Uh, of course, I do more being in the training personnel division my agency sends me to go do other trainings, which apply not only to mm-hmm. law enforcement, but safety in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm able to bring that back. And yes, I take classes on my own, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm constantly trying to better myself so that I can pour to my students.
2: And uh, when you, you, I see, you know, I'm here today and you were doing a, uh, you know, a, a, a carry license program here, a license to carry course. Yes. And uh, you know a lot of people that's growing in the United states a lot gun, gun or soap is by far the most in the world in the united states it's a It's a very unusual culture here and uh you know compared to the rest of the world i've been around the world and there's countries where guns are completely legal you know and here we're averaging about three guns per person uh so you know there's a political side to these situations, but the fact remains good people with guns save People from bad people with guns all the time, and you know, a lot of people in their mind, protecting their families is the most important thing. Having said that, um, you know, looking at some of the statistics before I came in here, children are suffering at a very high level from accidental gun discharge. Um, Can you give me a little bit about how you train families? Because you know, a lot of times people think of it as just the man is you know, is, is responsible for this gun. Well, that's not true. Everybody's responsible for this gun. And when I saw that uh, statistic, I'm reminded of a friend. And you were speaking earlier, and I don't like, usually like to talk this much on my podcast, but I want to make a great point. Um, you talked about, a, a, you know, is, every, is anything absolute? And you talked about a grip safety and how it, it went off, and you didn't expect it to. I had a childhood friend who was showing his younger brother saying stay away from this gun it will kill you and it literally went off and killed his younger brother and this this was an 8-year-old boy and a 14-year-old boy we're from the country we handle guns so um my 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 asking is wh- how do you focus with families on making sure guns in the home how how, how do we keep them out of the hands of children
0: right. so do, one I'm, thing you were saying was it's increased uh, in the amount of deaths even one that, is way too many. Way too you know, we want to make sure that we're being responsible, keeping the guns. One of the things we teach in the License to Carry course is the state mandates. We teach safe storage. So we go over, hey, this is how you need to store. A lot of times people think about, okay, well, maybe I don't have kids. Okay, maybe you have grandchildren that may come over occasionally. But if they come over and you're not there and your guns are out? Those are all things that you have to think of. Also, your kids may be squared away. With gun safety, knowledge, everything, they're very responsible. What about your kid's friend that comes over? Mm-hmm. Now it's that curiosity. So we have an obligation to protect not only our children, we've got to make sure that these guns are being stored in a, you know, where they're still accessible to us, but secure away from other people. It's a balancing act. We've got to make sure that we're doing our part to secure these guns, even from uh, unintentional access. What if someone breaks in your house? Takes your gun. Uh, If I'm not there, you want to make sure that your guns are stored accordingly to where they're safely secured away. So if someone comes inside, or you live in an apartment where maintenance has to come in to deal with a broken pipe or something, what if your guns are just sitting out? Mm -hmm. It's all kinds of things that could come along. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, You mentioned gun storage. Uh, Is there any particular type of storage? Is there recommendations you recommend? So the biggest thing is
0: just making sure that you're not providing a readily just dischargeable firearm to kids what that's defined as is basically a gun that has ammunition inside of it whether it's in the chamber, whether it's in the magazine the biggest thing is if they have the ammunition and they have the gun bad things can definitely happen so they talk about whether you store it uh, separate, where the ammunition goes one place the gun goes the other, a lot of people are like "Well, why would I want to do that if I want to protect myself we're not talking about uh, your usage or you having it accessible to you, we're talking about preventing kids from being so if I need to store it somewhere else I may store the ammunition in this location, the gun in the other I, ultimately a securing device whether it be a cable lock, whether it be a trigger lock, a barrel lock a gun, a safe mm-hmm. some sort of locking it up mm-hmm. is ultimately the best way but maybe someone doesn't have access to those different types of safes mm-hmm. but due to the Child Safety Lock Act of 2005 every gun that you go by uh, will have some sort of
2: Typically a candle lock. Okay. uh, When it comes to, you know, and I I guess this answer will probably be different for different situations. Uh, You know, I'd lived most of my life in buildings, um, taller buildings. I was told that, uh, you know, maybe necessarily a handgun wasn't the best because it could easily go through a wall and kill your neighbor. Um, So I guess what I would ask you is, you know, if someone just asked a general question, You know, Darius, what is the best weapon for home defense? What is your answer for that?
0: Uh, So, I mean, you could get into all kinds of things as far as saying, hey, shotgun's the way to go. That's the best thing. But Mm -hmm. what if my wife comes out of the room with a shotgun? I mean, will she be able to handle the recoil? Is she capable of working the action after each Mm -hmm. round that she needs to do? Maybe it's a revolver in that situation. But one thing you have to be mindful of is, I know that I'm not going to come out of my room with my A.R., Slinging around towards the front door because my kids' bedrooms are in that opposite direction. When you just have a few layers of sheetrock going through, uh, or excuse me, you have bullets going through a couple layers of sheetrock, it's not even going to slow down. Yeah. You know, not significant, significantly enough to where it wouldn't do harm to someone. So that's something you definitely have to think of. Uh, if you're able to manage the recoil of a shotgun with, say, double lock buck, then that will be traveling at a lot less velocity than a 223. Five five six uh, now moving it around uh, so those are things you have to just think about. It's kind of up to that individual what they're capable of so
2: something I heard, and I'll give you a chance to confirm or dispel you know what was told to me in in the in okay shotgun's best, right shotgun's best because um you're a police officer, you've been in a situation I'm sure where you had to draw your firearm. I think people unless the I was in the military for eleven years as well as an army. Uh, I don't think people understand the situation. In, in other words, it's a hyper intense situation. It's not as easy as pulling the gun out, taking it, aiming it, and being nice when a stranger is in your home coming after you. It's a it's a very intense situation. You shooting a little bullet and hitting the right target in that situation is difficult. So the the shotgun was proposed because of the spread. Right. Right? You you know, you can aim in the general direction and at least hit the intruder, right? right? And so is, is, is that what you, do you agree with that or? Uh, absolutely.
0: As opposed to one projectiles uh, with mm. the uh, double out buck, you'll have nine projectiles going out and that spread, like you said, is going to be a little greater. So even if you're aiming typically with long guns, it is more of a point and shoot. Uh, with a handgun, if you point and shoot, unless you trained a lot with it, uh, mm-hmm. you need to be using your front and rear sight to mm-hmm. align them. Uh, with the shotgun and that spread, you would be able to point and shoot in that direction and probably at least one of those strike the intended target.
2: So uh, I knew what you would mean by buckshot. If for the audience that doesn't, can you describe the difference? I know there's buckshot and I think birdshot, right? right. Uh, can you just describe the difference between those the two? So birdshot is a lot.
0: They're all going to be pellets inside, mm-hmm. but the pellets are going to be really, really small. thing. Uh, I'm trying to think of something you compare them to. They're, they're just really, really small pieces. Oh, they're like BBs? They're, yeah, a B, exactly. Mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. You. Uh, just small BBs, uh, a lot of them in there. But when you start going to the double-op book, those BBs start getting a little bigger. So mm-hmm. instead of you'll still have the same amount that's going to be filled inside of the shotgun shell, but now we're talking volume here. So you can fit a lot of smaller BBs that you can if you make them larger. You're going to fit less.
2: In my thinking about a shotgun as a home defense weapon, um, to me, the obvious disadvantage is length. Now, I did a little research, and um, I, I'm guessing, I, I don't know if it's different by state, but sawing off a shotgun, although you see it in the movies a lot, is illegal, right? It is. Okay.
0: What is it?
2: Yeah. There's nothing sold that's similar to that. So you just have to
0: get the correct uh, licensing and tax stamps and everything for mm. being shorter, barrel mm. firearms.
2: Because it seems like a shotgun that's hand, like can be held somewhat like a, a pistol would be perfect, because you could kind of you could store it easily, you know you could handle it easy, you know I'm a ESG podcast so I'm not going to say anything about women handling a firearm, <laughs> but you know like you said the recoil is tough. I've shot weapons where I mean I've had a sore shoulder afterwards. I mean it's and I'm a you know grown a big man and it's just you know. It seems like that would be the best, but like you said, if it's illegal, it's legal. You don't want to get in trouble. You want to do the right things. No,
0: there's some moon out there that'll throw down on some guns, boy. The, I've yeah. seen them
2: in the military, man.
0: Absolutely, there's so many good shooters out
2: there. Yeah, they, you know they would sit there and be uh, perfect marksmen and just killing it out there. Um, <clears throat> with a the handgun, is there any uh, particular recommendations you make? Is it you know you hear for you know I would I am assume most of my listeners, are, well I'd say about fifty fifty are going to know the difference between, okay, this is a 45, this is a nine millimeter. We hear the term in movies a lot, Glock. You know, you hear the things like that. Is there a particular type of handgun that you would say, okay, this is the best one to use?
0: I wouldn't say best one. I'm a Glock guy. I like like Glocks. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of agencies have department Glocks. We use Glocks, the majority of our officers. I like them because they run. Uh, They don't have to be clean 100% of the time. Sometimes I get some hangups on other guns, but, uh, I'm not paid or endorsed by Glock or anything like that, but I like Glock because they run.
2: Uh, what, is, what does run mean?
0: They will shoot. You okay. pull the trigger, it goes. Boom. Okay. And that's what I like. So reliability. I, yes. Okay. Very reliable.
2: Yeah, well, there's a the reason they're famous. I mean, I'm sure. You know, I, I'm not, you know, despite growing up in a rural area and, you know, hunting with, with an entire family that hunts, despite being in the Army for 11 years, I'm not a big gun guy. Uh, I haven't spent a lot of my life, shooting a pistol I, I have normally but I, I you know I'm no expert on on shooting pistols I'm barely an expert on shooting an M16 you know so throwing a grenade uh, on the bullet side though and this is a very detailed question is there any type of particular bullets you recommend for pistols?
0: Uh, ballistics I'm uh, not too aware of everything that's going on one thing that I can say is the, the progression of the nine millimeter round over the last decade or so it's comparable. For a while, you had a lot of agencies that were carrying 40 caliber due to their penetration and uh, incapacitating or uh, capabilities. Mm-hmm. But now the 9 millimeter round is so far advanced that it, they're pretty much neck and neck. So a lot of agencies who used to require everybody to carry 45 or 40 caliber have gone to the 9 millimeter. Mm-hmm. As far as the type of projectile, whether you're talking about like full metal jacket, for practice, definitely use target ammo uh, ball, full metal jacket. That's the cheapest that you can find. Mm Everything's priced high right now, but even still, uh, any kind of home defense is typically good. With your jacketed hollow points, gold dot is what we carry on duty. Uh, It's a jacketed hollow point, and just the way that the round with mushroom is better than just the full metal jacket.
2: Okay. Um, I'm here today uh, on a license to carry uh, class You're, you're teaching, and this afternoon you will be going to the range uh, with these young ladies who are, who are um, you know, applying for this license. What advice do you give people? Now, I, I'm, I'm guessing these ladies are going to carry the firearm on them, personal protection in their purse, or maybe on their side. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, that unnerves a lot of people in society. You're, we're in Texas. It's not as unnerving here. It's unnerving in other parts of the country. What advice do you, do you give or what what do you teach to your students to say, look, this is a great responsibility. You're walking around with a weapon of war. What, what do you tell them as far as go out there, how not to have an accident, how not to let it interfere or get inside of a, an otherwise an argument or disagreement that should not lead to violence? Right. We're teaching responsible
0: gun ownership here. Mm. Uh, I know there's a lot of stuff talking about the constitutional carry and that trying to be passed. Mm. Uh if everybody was responsible, I wouldn't have an issue. Hmm. My issue is, as a police officer, I see people that aren't responsible who have firearms. And at, like with anything, bad people mess it up for the good people. Uh, in this class, we teach people to be responsible. You need to be the level headed one. You need to make sure that it's only used as a last resort type situation. You don't just pull your gun out just to prove a point, mm-hmm. uh, just because you're upset, or that's not what it's about. Uh, and what I try and tell people is, Yes, the state allows you to carry openly as a licensed carry holder. But my recommendation is I'm only carrying openly for the purpose of this class today. Typically, I'm always concealed because I want the element of surprise. Mm. If someone comes in and they look at me, they wouldn't say, hey, that guy. That's the one. (laughs) That guy's probably carrying a gun. But then you have your guy who has the big 45, you know, on his hip. If someone plans on doing something, that would be the person. If they're intent on doing something, that would be the first person that they would take out. And I don't ever want to be labeled as that first person that they would
2: take out. Yeah, you could never get away with that, even without your weapon, because you have cop military written all over you. <laughs> when I talk to you, it's like, yeah,
0: it's just today. I promise. You see like, me out
2: of this. You would be like is that guy. He's one of those. Yeah. Uh, so, license to carry is a part of your. Um, can you can you give a little bit more? Now, when I was at, when I first found you, you seemed to be at someone's home, so you're doing home defense. Can you tell me? You know, the other things that the Blackout Training Group is doing besides the license to carry. So that
0: was actually a self-defense, a private self-defense, self-defense party that we hosted. Okay. Uh, but we do have license to carry. We have introduction classes to pistol. Okay. People who maybe have just bought a gun and they don't know anything about it. Or someone who wants to get a gun and they want to go out and learn before they go buy it. We'll break down uh, how to
1: load the magazine, how to remove the magazine from the uh, magwell, how to
0: rack a slide, chamber around. We break down all those things just so they can get knowledge on that. We do the same thing with the rifle or the carbine. We also offer handgun license and carbine, excuse me, handgun lessons and carbine lessons. So if someone wants to come out and they have their own stuff, say, hey, I want to do an hour with the rifle or I want to do two hours with the pistol, we'll sit down and do that. And like you said, you saw us on the self defense class. Mm-hmm. What we do there is we just teach people. We build the confidence. That's the biggest thing. When we go teach these classes, yes, we're going to teach you technique. We're going to teach you how to avoid these uh, altercations at all costs. But if you get thrown into them, we're going to teach you how to fight out. And the confidence that you get by going through one of those classes makes you recognize in the situation later on, if it happens, now I remember those elbows. I remember those punches. I remember those palm heels, those knees, those kicks. I remember that stuff, and now I can deliver if you train way up here, whenever you revert to your lowest form of training, it's only going to be just a little bit lower. If you don't train at all, when you get thrown in that situation, it's going to be a "What do I do mean now?" and that's not the time to think about it.
2: That's funny. That's a military phrase. Absolutely, you fall down, fall to your level of training.
0: Absolutely,
2: that you is. That's funny. You said that. That's right. And uh, so <clears throat> interesting what you just said. So. Earlier, you know, very early in this, uh, you know, this discussion we're having, we focused on gun safety. Obviously, that's a, you know, we see, you know, the news. The news drives that, you know, certain things. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes they're just inflaming the, you know, the the, the country. But, you know, we talked a lot about guns. But interesting, now you do hand to hand self defense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me detailed, is there a certain uh, martial art or anything you're using with that?
0: So I am a Krav Maga certified law enforcement teacher for my agency. I do not, this is a disclaimer, <laughs> I do not teach Krav Maga on the blackout training groups. Okay. What I do teach is still strikes. I'm going to teach you how to strike, uh, straight punches, palm heel strikes, hammer fists, uh, things of that nature different strikes. So I can't incorporate Krav's principles and their strategies, mm-hmm. but I can always teach people how like to punch. Yeah. Uh, no one owns the punch. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Krav, whether it's jitsu no one owns a punch. No mm-hmm. one owns a, a Palm Hill strike. Mm-hmm. No one owns a hammer fist. Yes, they own the uh, gun defense and choke defense and everything like that, but I'm not teaching that. So when it comes to us teaching strikes, I teach Strikes, I teach violence because that's what we want. It's all controlled aggression. Mm-hmm. If I'm put in a place where I have to defend myself, you best believe I'm going 150%. And that's mm-hmm. what I teach my guys. Anyone who comes through here, if you're placed in those situations, you need to ramp it up because you're fighting for your life, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we want you to be extremely violent to get out of that situation. And mm-hmm. the biggest takeaway with self-defense is I'm when we have a self-defense class, whether it's a guy or a lady, I'm not saying that I'm going to teach you to go toe-to-toe with Mike Tyson. That's not <laughs> – I can't say that, right? But what I can tell you is I can teach you strategies, things that you can do that will buy you that second to get away, to get out of there. That's what it's about. It's not. I'm not teaching you to beat people up and knock them out. If you do that in the course of you protecting yourself, then great. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to teach you to do something to get them off of you so you can get away safely and call for help.
2: So, yeah, one thing I learned about martial arts was – and. And again, generally when we're speaking self-defense, we're talking to men, but we're also focused on ladies, right? Ladies that, they, they, you know, surviving aggression from men, the surviving attackers, and, uh, you know, looking into martial arts, that is the entire point of martial arts, is to take away the advantage of strength. You're using leverage, you're using things like that, and and these ladies, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, being in your world, you know who Jocko Willink is, and... Uh, Jocko Willink is a is a big supporter of children and young girls learning martial arts. And it and it's not just a um, not just a self-defense thing, but a confidence thing. And you, you touched on confidence a few minutes ago and I liked it. And and it gives these, you know, because uh, you know, let's be honest, ladies are more susceptible to attacks than men are, just by pure that's who they're going to go after because they perceive weakness and weaker. and so that's a great thing to be teaching these women to handle the situation on their own. Because if it goes too far, they can't get out, right? So uh, that's great. So you teach hand to hand, or I guess what would you call it? You wouldn't call it hand to hand combat. You would ha- you teach just
0: we just call it self defense. Self defense. Teaching literally how to defend yourself. Self attacker comes on.
2: Okay, self defense, uh, gun safety. Are there any other? Um, I guess processes that you do, any other courses? Any and things? so we go
0: over active shooter as well. Okay. Uh, just talking about not like alert or anything like that, but more so along the lines of the department of Homeland security, the run hot fight, uh, whenever it comes down to the, that type of it, whenever it comes to that situation, first thing you want to do is try and run. Uh, if you can't run, then you want to try and hide. If you can't hide and you're found by the attacker, and you got to fight your way out of it so that's our principle it's the same thing that the department of homeland security teaches and we just want people to know in an active shooter type situation you want to run stay away from that area mm-hmm. uh, make sure other people don't go over there you need to hide if you're stuck in there and there's no way to get out you can hide and if the attacker confronts you then it's time to get violent and fight
2: <laughs> okay uh, do you have any plans to expand to other types of uh, programs or anything in the future, or are you just continuously growing, just getting better than it, We no just
0: desert. want to be better at what we're doing now. Yeah. If there's more things that we can offer, whether it's security uh, licenses to security companies, uh, you name it, we're constantly trying to help others out and pass knowledge and constantly growing.
2: So, uh, Darius Williams, you're a police officer who saw a problem. Uh, you saw too many accidental deaths. You saw too many accidents from guns, and you you searched out a way to solve it. And and I and I love that. Um, it's just a everything about you is safety, and and I'm really glad you, you you came on the podcast. You know, like I said in the beginning, my I really wanted it to be a wide reaching thing, and this is an important public safety issue. Uh, If you don't mind, uh, go ahead and tell the audience how they can get information on uh, the Blackout Training Group and how they can contact you. Awesome.
0: So we're on Facebook. It's Blackout Training Group. You can search that. And also on Instagram, it's at Blackout Training Group. Our email is blackouttraininggroup at gmail.com. And our website is www.blackouttraininggroup.com. Phone number is 972 499 5330 and our website's actually underway, getting some nice changes. So we can't wait to release it. It should be coming soon.
2: Fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing your insight, your expertise. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I love what you're doing, and, and I wish you all the success in the world.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and accept the mission. Please subscribe to the Mission Zero podcast on your preferred streaming service and be sure to give us a 5-star review.